Welcome to the How to Be Awesome at Your Job podcast, the show where brilliant professionals share how to sharpen the universal skills required to flourish at work. Enjoy more career fun, wins, meaning, and money with your host, Pete Mikaitis. Hello, and thanks for joining us here for episode 661 with Susan McPherson. If you'd like to connect all the more meaningfully with all the more people, Susan's got some surefire pro tips. You'll learn one, the winning strategy to building connections, two, better alternatives to small talk, and three, how to maintain your connections efficiently. So if you want to check out the show notes or the transcript or the links to items we've referenced, please drop on by awesomeatyourjob.com slash EP661. And while you're at awesomeatyourjob.com, I encourage you to check out the Gold Nuggets, which provide summary wisdom from Susan and each guest on the day the episode releases, a write-up you can enjoy in about two to three minutes, as well as access to the vault of all 661 such summaries. We call those the Gold Nuggets. Now here's Susan's story. Susan McPherson is a serial connector, seasoned communicator, and founder and CEO of McPherson Strategies, a communications consultancy focused on the intersection of brands and social impact. She's the author of The Lost Art of Connecting, the Gather, Ask, Do method for building meaningful relationships. Susan has over 25 years of experience in marketing, public relations, and sustainability communications, speaking regularly at industry conferences and contributing to the Harvard Business Review, Fast Company, and Forbes. She lives in Brooklyn. Big thanks to Susan for sharing her wisdom with us. Big thanks to our sponsors. Check them out. One sponsor to check out is LinkedIn Jobs. Did you know that you can post a job for free at linkedin.com slash be awesome? And with a fresh year, perhaps you're like many small business owners looking for some fresh insight and talent to make 2024 extra amazing. Well, LinkedIn Jobs has created tremendous tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and free. I love how they make it so easy with their promotion and selection tools. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. No, no. No, LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. Here's some fun facts. 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours, and small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. You can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash be awesome. That's linkedin.com slash B-E-A-W-E-S-O-M-E, as in you are being awesome, be awesome, to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. Now, here's Susan. Susan, thanks so much for joining us here on the How to Be Awesome at Your Job podcast. I am very happy to be here, Pete. Thank you. Well, I'm so excited to dig into your wisdom about the lost art of connecting. And I understand you have made a fun connection. You're pals with Kevin Bacon. How did that come to be? And what's it like <laughs> to be buddies with a famous person? Oh, well, first of all, I wouldn't go so far as say buddies. Okay. <laughs> I don't want to embellish it. His older sister has been a friend of mine for years. And we lived in Seattle. And I moved to New York not knowing anyone. And she so graciously introduced me to him. And I spent my first Thanksgiving in New York City at his home with his wonderful mm -hmm. wife and kids and extended family. Well, well, Kevin Bacon, of all the celebrities you might be connected to, for, for you and what you're doing, that's just priceless. Oh, absolutely. Is it six degrees of, or five degrees of Kevin Bacon? Six degrees. Okay. And that means now you're, you're two degrees. Yeah. Well, you know what? That feels really... I'm having a surge of feeling powerful right now, actually, as you highlight that. So, so thank you. <laughs> well, so tell us, we're talking about connecting. What would you say is one of the most surprising and fascinating things you've discovered about connecting, which, which might be counterintuitive to folks? 
Well, what has enabled me over the years to be successful is always leading with how can I help mm-hmm. rather than what can I get, which is counterintuitive to what we have traditionally thought of when we've been networking and meeting others. You know, we tend to go into things like, what can I get? What can I learn? Who can I meet? As opposed to what can I give? How can I support? How can I be the one making the introduction for you? Mm -hmm. And I have found by leading with that, it actually has helped me and opened more doors and created a lifelong world of people everywhere. Well, that sounds great. And so then let's talk about the how could I help mindset first and foremost. And I'm thinking also about Keith Ferrazzi. And that's one of his key principles is generosity there. Mm -hmm. So can you share with us just all the kinds of ways that people might need help? And sometimes people don't really speak up about what they need help with. They're embarrassed or they're, or they're shy or they don't even know for themselves because they haven't thought through it. So, so, so how do you think about identifying what people really need and what are all the different ways that, that you can help? Because I think sometimes people might say, oh, I don't, I'm not rich. I'm not powerful. I'm not connected. You know, what do I have to offer? So lay it on us. How does one help well? <laughs> well, I will tell you just a little bit of about what's in my book. I lay out a very, very detailed methodology, which I won't bore all your listeners with in terms of detail, but I can certainly give you kind of the high, the 30,000 foot view and it's gather, ask, do. And in the gather section is when you do some meaningful self-reflection to actually determine what it is that you have to offer. What is it that you bring to the table? What is your chief differentiating factors, your secret sauces? And notice I say sizz because mm-hmm. everyone has many. The next is the ask. And yes, there is always a time and a place for you to ask for what you need and what you want and what you deserve. But in this case, it is learning the art of asking meaningful questions so you can find out what is important to someone else. What Mm -hmm. do they need help with, right? I mean, there's even a chapter in the book that gives you questions that you can have in your back pocket that actually helps you ask people questions that will lead you to understand what they are hoping and dreaming for. Mm-hmm. And lastly, if you ask the meaningful questions and listen carefully, you can then get to the do. And what you do in the do is actually the place I like to be the most. But that's when you become helpful, reliable, trustworthy, following through. And I hear your question about, well, what about if I'm not a rich heiress or a philanthropist, et cetera? How do I help? Well, this goes back to that secret sauce and that chief differentiating factor. Every single one of us has things to offer one another. And sometimes it might just be an introduction to someone else we know. Mm-hmm. Okay. So don't overthink it, but it really comes down to asking the right questions and then better understanding what it is that you can be doing to be helpful. Okay, cool. Well, let's walk through a bit of that, the gather, ask, and do then. Sure. So when it comes to gather and zeroing in on what it is we we have to offer, well, maybe first let's, let's contextualize. It, it seems like it's what we have to offer is is pretty broad. It's not just in the work sphere. It's kind of just like anybody we might bump into. Is that fair to say? Well, my book is a business book. Okay. So the context of the book was written very much around how do we do this from a business perspective. But I always joke, there's not a work Susan and a home Susan. And -hmm. I decided about 15 years ago, it was tiring being two people and much easier to be one. And a lot of times when we are incredibly passionate about the work that we do, it doesn't feel as much of 
being work. Okay. So I have also learned that many of the kind of secret sauces that I bring to the table literally cross boundaries of work and home. It Mm -hmm. doesn't necessarily fall into. And I run a social impact communications consulting firm. So just the notion of making impact in the world, you could question whether that is work or not work, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, certainly. Okay. Well, so then thinking about it from a a professional world, which can indeed be broader than we could contextualize it at times, what are your pro tips for zeroing in on, huh, What these are some of my secret sauces? Sure. Well, it really depends on where you are in your kind of career. I mean, I talk to a lot of 20-somethings that are just out of school and tend to think they don't have a whole lot to offer, but they may speak multiple languages. They Mm -hmm. may be very technically mindful. I joke sometimes that a 22-year-old may be able to say two things that would really help me out, and that is TikTok. And things like that, that could be very helpful to someone like myself that is in the world of communications. So it's a very personal thing, but I think all of us have to look internally and, and think about. I mean, I'm going to ask you, Pete, what, what are your secret sauces? Sure. Thing. Well, the first thing that comes to mind is, is just from the Strengths Finder like report, like uh-huh. ideation lately. Okay. I've just been getting so many ideas and, and putting them in, in, to action. Activator is another one of them. So, so that's part of it. That's I guess great. now the podcast itself is, is a thing yeah. in terms of, well, a lot of people want to be on it and, and we candidly reject the vast majority of, of incoming pitches. So uh, great job, Susan and uh, Nina, your publicist. <laughs> <laughs> well, she's amazing. Because yeah. most people, frankly, we, we proactively hunt down based on listener requests these days, but sometimes we go, oh, that's actually spot on. So let's go there. Oh, well, I'm, I feel special. Thank you. You are special. So, so yeah, those are some of the things. And I think I have a, a knack for researching something with a intensity or vigilance that could almost seem obsessive, but in so doing discover things that most people don't because they don't go past the first page of Google. Right. And so like, sometimes like I could really vibe with investigative journalists, like, yeah, what you're doing. Yeah, totally. I am in the same mindset as you many times. Well, that's a gift. And it's also a secret sauce. And I often say leading with curiosity is, is such an enormous skill. So right there, you're, you've just named, but you had to do some deep thinking to think about that, right? Well, yeah. I mean, I've, I've did it before we talked in terms (laughs) of just general self-awareness work. And, and then when you prompted me, I did take a few seconds of thought. So certainly. I love it. Okay. So we dig into those things. And, and so in my own instance, I really thought about, okay, what are some times I've really delighted and impressed people with, wow, that was really great work. Or I've looked at some assessments like the Strengths Finder to, to surface some stuff. What are some of the other sources that can, can serve up the secret sauce? Sure. I'm a big believer in asking your close confidants, your brain trust, the people you, you know, your family members, your dog, you name it. But it is the type of thing where you can really gather this information to help you do that self-reflection. I mean, I have a funny story. Back in 2007, I went away with uh, eight girlfriends for a weekend. And the goal that weekend was for each of us to come up with our secret sauce, our elevator speech. Mm -hmm. And it was during that weekend that I finally coined the term that I am a serial connector. 
And I'll be completely honest when I said it, I almost peed in my pants because hmm. it sounded so ridiculous. But it took the group to give me the guts and give me the permission and also basically state for the record that was my, you know, I was amazing at connecting people. Mm-hmm. And then a few years later, when I was introduced to come on and speak on a stage and they introduced me and said, we welcome Susan McPherson, serial connector, seasoned communicator. Again, I almost beat in my pants. But now I wrote a book about it. So the point being is that was deep thinking and deep reflection on my part. But I also pulled from the crowd. I actually helped gathered data from the people closest to me. And <laughs> this is really the funniest follow-up I've ever asked. When you say pee your pants, <laughs> do you mean that you were terrified or yes. thrilled? Okay. <laughs> I was embarrassed. Like, it sounded ridiculous. It sounded just, you know, no one's going to believe that. So you're not like, yes, that's it. I nailed it. And that's what, no. that's not what you no. meant. You meant, no, oh, no, no. geez, that seems corny or outrageous. Yes. It seemed preposterous is probably the word. And that could be an insight right there in in terms of if you're feelings of internal resistance or, or skepticism, when you are connected with, with people that you're, you're bouncing these things off of, you can get the courage to say, no, that's for real. Right. And own it and work it. Exactly. Exactly. All right, cool. Well, let's talk about the asking. How, how do we ask? Are there some particular key questions or tips to be better listeners and, and get to the heart of things? Well, sure. And they're both two separate chapters in the book. I actually, there's one chapter that has literally 11 questions that you can carry in your back pocket that will help you ask more meaningful questions. Well, please share several of these immediately. (laughs) We have to know. Well, they are certainly not the questions that are going to lead you to yes or no answers. And they're also not questions about the weather or what people ate for lunch today. But they're things like, Pete, it's been a tough year. It's been a really challenging year. How are you doing? Is there anything you could be using my help on? Or Pete, if you could go anywhere at the end of this pandemic, anywhere on the planet, where would you go and why? Or Pete, if there was a problem you could solve in the next month and money wasn't an issue, what would that problem be? Like a societal or social problem or my own problems? <laughs> These questions are elicit more meaningful responses and help you get a better data, a more rich answer that mm-hmm. is going to help you then lead to, oh, how can I be helpful to this person? Yeah. And, and could you share, I think those are, those are excellent questions. And I guess I'm thinking about the context in terms of, I have many people I know that I'd be totally fine just going there right away. And I'm thinking if you have just met someone three minutes ago, you may not want to go there right away. Why? What about those questions seem? Well, I, I suppose and it, it could vary by personality. If let's say, I just met, we're we're talking. I was like, oh, how do you know Jane? Or what brings you to the podcast movement conference? Mm -hmm. You know, whatever. So so we're like, just met. And then you said, hey, it's been a tough year with the pandemic. How are you doing? I was like, well, Susan, I guess I'm okay. I just met you. I don't know. I mean, again, in many, many talks, and I run a communications firm. So I will say that this past year has been the great equalizer. Most people have been challenged by it. Oh, sure. I mean, that's quite a generalization. I don't want to say all people, but to me, it's almost like the elephant in the room that if we don't address it, we're not being human. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. And I, I find that it isn't such a personal question because, you know, obviously if the person is uncomfortable, they'll say, I'm fine. Yeah, fair enough. You just leave it at that. You're like, no, how are you really doing, Susan? Yeah. Like, hey, take a hint. <laughs> right. Like, you're not my, my, my friend, my spouse, my boss. Uh, right. We just met you and, I, I'm, and I'm giving you a bit of a, a buff off. So take that cue. So, yeah. well, I think that's powerful right there in terms of, well, one, you know, maybe we can a- afford to be a little bit more courageous and, and vulnerable. Just go ahead. And, and two, it's not the biggest deal in the world if, if someone chooses not to disclose and you yeah. can just take that hint yeah. and respond accordingly. Yeah. I mean, look, again, every human is different and that's a, that's a good thing and that makes life interesting. But generally speaking, I have found that this is the time that we don't have to be superhuman or superwomen or supermen, okay? And when you open yourself up to a little bit more vulnerability, others generally reciprocate in kind. Mm-hmm. And therefore, you can have a little bit more meaningful discussion than about the weather. Not everyone. Some people want to stick with the weather. And you know what? That's good, too. Okay. One of my bits, I always just imagine like if you, if you try to small talk with someone about the weather yes, and they happen to be like extremely into the weather, (laughs) (laughs) you know, like how about that dew point? Huh? It's really climbing up there. Just how that would Well, You know, it's funny. I lived, uh, I did it my junior year abroad in Denmark and I lived with a Danish family and my Danish father, this was back in the eighties, but he would always say that Americans always have to fill the void. So they have to have talking. So what they will do is talk about the weather. And I have to tell you over the years, you know, when we started having like conference calls, inevitably in every start of every conference call, the de facto conversation would be about the weather. Mm -hmm. And I would completely start to laugh in the back of my head because it would take me back to Denmark. And I was like, oh my God, he was right. (laughs) That's how silly Americans. uh, (laughs) Well, well, you shared a few great questions. I'd love it if you could give us a few more. Well, I think there's always, you know, this, this notion, again, because I work in impact, you know, this discussion about what else can we be doing to be helpful. I also find anything around travel, anything about our upbringing, where we came from, can give you a, a deeper clue as to people and to, you know, what their hopes and dreams are. That is kind of the, the suggestions that I have. All right. Thank you. And how do we listen all the better? So that we are picking up of maybe what's what's not said and and prudently following up with what is said. Well, and we are woefully bad at listening. And this year has proven to be extraordinarily challenging. I mean, I think about all of us who have been privileged enough to work from home, but have had, you know, the obligatory Zoom or Microsoft team meetings while we have our email open, while we have our Twitter applications open, while we have our WhatsApp and our texting and probably our, our children and our dogs all running around. Listening can be extraordinarily challenging. In the book, I showcase Dr. Julian Treasure, who has done a number of TED Talks, and I highly recommend your listeners go and listen We've had Julian on the show a couple of times. Yeah, it's great. Well, there you go. So I would follow a lot of his advice. But for me personally, two things that I do. One, I literally carry a notepad with me now everywhere in virtual rooms. And I take notes when people are talking. I also am not so shy as I won't if I find myself daydreaming or thinking about what I'm going to cook for dinner, as opposed to listening, is I will circle back and say, Pete, I missed what you said. Can you repeat it? Mm-hmm. 
Okay. And that keeps me grounded. That helps me continue to listen. But I also, you know, writing, taking notes as someone talks, at least for me, is is very, very helpful. And then when I follow up with people, I generally will pull from something that was said in the conversation mm-hmm. so that that not only helps me remember, of course, but also reminds the person that I actually did listen to them, that I saw them. Yeah. You know, that's great. And we had a comedian on the show who, who sort of talked about callbacks and how if if you had sort of a, a humorous exchange referencing that in particular can facilitate that signal of, yes, I was listening. And, and yes, that was a special, happy, fun moment we had there, wasn't it? <laughs> cool. All right. Well, so then let's hear about the do. So we've we've gathered, we've asked, and, and now when it comes to doing, how do we do well? And if we listened after we asked. Certainly, yeah. <laughs> then we have the follow-up to do. And Typically, the do begins with your follow-up. And I mentioned how when I do follow-up, I do try to mention what I heard or what I saw. Mm -hmm. And I typically will follow up right away. It's just, it's the type of thing where I know I'm going to get it done. But again, that notepad that I carry around with me, I will make a note if I can't do it right away. And I generally will, will respond back something I heard the person say, or I will make potentially, I will suggest that I will make an introduction for that person. But I want to make sure your listeners know, I'm not sitting here saying you have to help every single person in the entire world. But if your goal is to make a deeper, more meaningful connection, this is a way to start the process. And it's not a one and done thing. You're not going to like follow up and then "Ah, done. I don't have to reach out to them in 10 years. Mm -hmm. This is something that hopefully, if it builds into a reciprocal relationship, will carry through and continue to grow and blossom. All right. Well, we talk about following up. Like if there's not just like a a crystal clear, like action item or to do or, or, or promise made, can you give us some examples of actual snippets of follow up text or, or dialogue that would be helpful? Sure. I mean, it can be as simple as, Pete, it was great chatting with you last night. I so enjoyed our conversation about XYZ, you know, the mm-hmm. hum, your favorite hummus or, you know, where you're going on your next trip or the next or the project you're working on. I'd love to keep in touch. What would be the best way to keep in touch with you? Okay, that's simple. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, you know, let's not overthink this. But the reason I ask about what is the best way is every person has a different means and mode of the way they want to stay in touch or mm-hmm. communicate. And to me, that is a very respectful way to keep the loop going. All right. Well, then let's talk about maintenance in terms of sort of ongoing, like in in some ways it could be intimidating if, well, I don't know if you have any numbers in mind, but like the frequency of touches and the depth of, of touches, like it could multiply real quick in mm-hmm. terms of mm-hmm. I, I've met 3000 people. And if I want to stay in touch, I, do I need to give them a message every other month? And so how do you think <laughs> about the maintenance stuff? Sure, sure. Well, again, I want to delineate between what I talk about versus networking. For me, it's not a numbers game. Okay. It is very much intentional in keeping in touch based on if, the, if, the, if we think back to the gather phase, what is the community we want to build to help us meet our own goals, right? Mm-hmm. This isn't just about staying in touch for the sake of staying in touch, although that is great too. I'm not, I'm not anti that. Okay. So to me to sit here and put out numbers would be not what I'm practicing. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. But I also believe that because this isn't transactional, a relationship 
doesn't start and stop. A relationship ebbs and flows. Does that mm-hmm. make sense? Yeah. So again, it is not realistic to think you're going to stay in touch with everybody every day. But I fervently believe that you stay in touch with people not when you need something, so that when you do need something, it's so much easier to ask. Yeah. Okay. That's good. That's good. And, and it, I hear you in terms of ebbs and flows. Like I'm thinking about just you know when we when you moved into this building, like the realtor, like we talked to him like all the time, and now we talk to him rarely, but occasionally. Right. He, he's awesome, right. and and I like being in touch with him. Uh, likewise, like with a contractor, and, and so like their ebbs and flows does sound natural. And, and it may well be like three years of a gap uh, between times. But if I see something that makes me think of them, go for it. And that's, that's cool. Absolutely. And that's a gift. Mm-hmm. That's a gift. And the thing is, is how often have you like been walking down the street and somebody pops in your brain? Oh yeah. And generally speaking, you know what you do? You park it. Mm-hmm. I now, whenever that happens, I use my little voice memo on my handheld, which is yeah. generally with me. And I make a note. So that I will actually then go back or maybe while I'm walking and just text using the voice memo and say, hey, Carolyn, you popped in my brain. It's been a while. I just want to say hello and find out how you're doing. Simple mm-hmm. as that. And I must do those three to five times a day. Yeah. And it's literally when people pop in my brain. Again, no ask, no, you know, I'm not expecting anything in return, although it's lovely if people respond back. But. It is my own way of being like, hey, I'm still here, but mm-hmm. also spreading a little joy in the world. Well, yeah, you're right. And it does feel good in terms of, yeah, as I imagine myself in the, on the receiving end of that, it's like, even that person doesn't have a, a really special place in my heart. You know, it's just like, okay, I, I randomly met you at a, whatever, a, a conference <laughs> four years ago. And, uh, you know, we, we had a couple laughs, but whatever. So I'm just, for example, like I would still feel pretty good to get that, that yeah, text. Of like, oh, cool. And so, and I might say, Hey, you know, I, I'm probably not going to follow up and say, Oh, Oh yes, absolutely. It's so good to hear from you. Let's find some time where we can really catch up at length. I, I probably won't do that for some people. I certainly would, but even in the worst case, that feels good. Yeah. So yeah, do more of that. Absolutely. That's great. <laughs> well, and, and a lot of people say to me, you know, how do you have find time? How do you find time to keep in touch and this and that? And I'll have to be honest with you, Pete, the more people in my life, the more efficient I get mm-hmm. because it means there's more people I can tap into. That's true. When somebody needs an expert in climate change coral restoration, you know, animal physiology, like you will know someone or you will know someone who knows someone. You got some toxicologists for me, Susan? I can find you one. All right. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Good to know. Good to know. (laughs) Well, that's that's great. Thank you. Well, tell me any, any final pro tips or things that you really want to make sure to to mention before we shift gears and hear about some of your favorite things. Sure. Well, I just think leading with how can we be helpful is a tremendous way to pivot as we move through our professional careers. Whether we are with peers, whether we're with the people who are hiring us or promoting us, whether we are raising money for a startup, leading with that will only come back to help you. All right. Well, now could you share with us a favorite quote, something you find inspiring? I have to say, we are only as blind as we want to be. And I I say that quote because I have found leading a a life of deep curiosity has been extraordinarily helpful to me and never questioning whether somebody is worth my time. 
Does that mm-hmm. make sense? That's great. Because what I have learned from people, and maybe the initial impression was, wait, this person can't quote unquote help me with my career or can't help me get this or that. But I have always surprised myself that when I kind of disabled the blinders, it enabled me to learn something not only about that person, but to learn more about myself. And how about a favorite book? It would have to be cast by Isabel Wilkerson that I just read earlier this year. Powerful, powerful. Highly, highly recommended just in terms of grounding and also what is basically set systemic racism in this country. And I know I'm going deep, but I have found that to be just extraordinary. Okay. And how about a favorite tool? Something you use to be awesome at your job? Email. Okay. And my my notepad, honestly, my notepad. But I don't know what I would do without email. All right. And a favorite habit? Texting people I love and asking how they're doing. Okay. And blowing bubbles in my dog's belly. Oh, fun. (laughs) (laughs) And is there a particular nugget you share that really connects and resonates with folks that quote it back to you frequently? I know I'm sounding redundant and repetitive is literally how can I be of help to you? Okay. And folks joke about that all the time. (laughs) And if folks want to learn more or get in touch, where would you point them? Well, my company's website, McPherson Strategies, or anywhere online, Susan McP1, you can find me on the social webs. And you can obviously email me at susan at mcpstrategies.com. Okay. And do you have a final challenge or call to action for folks looking to be awesome at their jobs? I would make sure you listen twice as much as you speak. That is why we have two ears. And I would always, always, always lead with how you can be helpful to others. All right. And believe me, the world will come back and help you. Okay. Susan, thank you. This has been a treat. I wish you much luck and fun in all the ways you're connecting. Thank you, Pete. I really appreciated Susan's take about avoiding the small talk and going for some more meaningful questions. Really useful. I think it's handy to prep those in advance so you're not just like, oh, I'm supposed to ask a meaningful question now. Prep them in advance and you're ready to go and you can form a better connection than you can by covering weather stuff. So again, those show notes, those transcripts, those links to items we've referenced, you can find at awesomeatyourjob.com slash EP661. I hope to catch you next time. And peace. Thanks for listening. To get the most out of the show, we recommend two key things. First, check out the extra resources at awesomeatyourjob.com. You can find this episode's transcript and links, as well as the perfect episode for your situation. You can search the full text transcripts of hundreds of episodes or explore episodes tagged by topic and competency covered. Second, subscribe to the podcast and get future episodes automatically. You can subscribe by telling Siri and several other smartphones and speakers. Subscribe to the How to Be Awesome at Your Job podcast or by tapping subscribe in your podcast player of choice. If you'd like some extra help figuring out podcasts and how subscriptions work, visit awesomeatyourjob.com slash subscribe for guidance. Hope to catch you on the next episode of How to Be Awesome at Your Job. Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig. Inspiring kid confidence.